Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 90 of the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louise Nicola and I am your host. Today we have speaker, author, and humanitarian Dave Meltzer in the hot seat. Let's get into it. Dave is currently the CEO of Sports One Marketing, one of the world's leading sports and entertainment marketing agencies, which he co-founded with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. Prior to S1M, he was CEO of the world's first smartphone, the PCE phone, and later became CEO of the world's most notable sports agency, Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. He is an award-winning humanitarian, an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, chairman of the Unstoppable Foundation, and is profiled by national publications such as Entrepreneur, Forbes, ESPN, Bloomberg, CNBC, and Yahoo. I'm so excited to get into this short, concise, bullet proof episode. Guys, this was so exciting to interview Dave. He was on one of my um, bucket lists. So I hope you enjoy it. And as always, if you like it, please screenshot this, put it up in your uh, Instagram story, tag me, tag Dave, feel free to go through and um, give the Neuro Experience a rating and a review in Apple iTunes. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. David, welcome to the Neuro Experience Podcast. I am beyond excited to have you here um, for you to share all of your knowledge, all of your wisdom, um, and I'm so excited to actually speak with you. Oh, man, I feel the same way, and this is in my wheelhouse, so I just am super excited about talking about how we manifest and utilize our, our true powers to get what we want. 100%. Before we get into it, I need to ask you, how do you start your morning? So I wake up every morning at 4 a.m. Pacific time. So if I'm on the East Coast, that's 7 a.m. If I make it out to Europe, it's usually around 9 a.m. that I wake up. And what I do is I literally start with meditation, 20 minutes of theta meditation, practicing my quantum healing, uh, putting forth the different mantras, including my first prayer of the day always is, may God put 10 people in front of me that I can help. Uh, And then moving on to I am uh, types of mantras and then utilizing theta meditation to elevate my own vibration and awareness to a level where I can truly manifest uh, the day and know where my center is a, as a point of reference so that if my ego uh, corrodes my connection to that which inspires me, I'm able to get back to center, clean that connection and be the most productive and accessible person that I can throughout the context of the day. Always keep it in mind through that productivity and accessibility that my main goal is to make sure that I wake up refreshed, rested, and energetic by 4 a.m. the next day. I don't have a certain time. I try to stay up till about 11 p.m., uh, but my main goal is to utilize all my energies and productivity and accessibility so I can truly provide as much value as I could to others. Wow, that was probably, if I had, um, if I could mark you on that, you'd get a 10 out of 10 because that is probably one of the best morning routines that I've ever heard. It's um, it's amazing to hear everybody's morning routine and mine is definitely similar to yours in the ter- in, in the sense that I do meditation. I feel like it's actually really paved the way for me to be able to reach out to people like you and do a podcast and work, you know, endless amounts of hours a day. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. 
Um, can you, for the people who don't really know too much about you, can you give us a brief background on who you are and where you are today? Yeah, sure. You know, just briefly, I, you know, grew up poor, wanted to be a professional football player, realized that I had no talent and got ran over when I played in college. So listening to my mom, her philosophy was doctor, lawyer or failure. I five siblings and a single mom just wanted to be rich so I could buy my mom a house and a car and uh, through a process of learning that doctors had to be in hospitals and learning to be more interested than interesting, I became a lawyer. Uh, but when I graduated law school, I had two job offers. One was to be an oil and gas litigator, which through being more interested, I realized it was the easiest way to make a lot of money. One of the, I looked on a list of what lawyers make the most money, and that's what I saw. But I also got a job in the internet selling legal research. I uh, asked my mom what I should do. She gave me advice that the internet was going to be a fad and that I should be a real lawyer. And so uh, through that, I ended up learning my second lesson, which was, you know, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. So I worked in the internet, became a multimillionaire. I bought my mom a house in a car nine months out of law school, paid back my law loans, branded myself a technology guru, raised millions of dollars on Sand Hill Road and became the CEO of the first smartphone in the world, manufactured by Samsung, a Windows CE device. Uh, I now was a multimillionaire with everything in my 30s, uh, which was the first time in my entire life I ever felt unhappy. Uh, mm -hmm. Through that unhappiness, I surrounded myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas and ended up losing everything, over a $100 million portfolio. I was the CEO at that time of uh, the most notable sports agency called Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, Lee, Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback, and I all uh, learned great lessons through that bankruptcy. And Warren Moon and I uh, started Sports One Marketing, which was a company founded to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. So we uh, have a business that has the backdrop of sports, the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, Masters, Kentucky Derby, mostly sponsorship, media, and philanthropy is a requirement to everything that we do. Uh, recently, over the last three years, I have built my own brand. So I am a top keynote speaker around the world. I am a top business coach. I write books, have bestsellers, uh, and a TV show called Elevator Pitch with Entrepreneur Magazine, one of the top digital shows. And season four just uh, was taped and we got extended out to season six. I have a top business podcast myself uh, called The Playbook, uh, Entrepreneur's number one podcast. And I live my life, I'd rather describe myself in a very short term as the CEO that loves to go around the world helping people. And I truly live my life of service uh, and believe that in order to do so, I need to ex at least claim a ton of abundance or make a lot of money so that I can give away as much as I can to help other people. Wow. I, I swear, Dave, I think I could um, do like a 24 hour long episode with you. <laughs> I think you've got so much knowledge, but something that you've just said, you know, you, you worked so hard um, building this career as a lawyer, you know, you went into business, you lost it all. Do you think that you'd be where you are today 
if you didn't lose everything? Because I know from speaking, you know, to a lot of people who have gone through hardship like that, where, whether it's financial or something heartbreaking, it's, you know, they learn a lot of lessons, both mentally, spiritually, and they learn a lot about themselves, which end up paving the way towards a better future. So do you think you'd be here at SM, at um, S1, do you, do you say S1M? As yeah, a, yeah, yeah, S1M is, is there. Yeah. You know, there's not a chance. Like, I think uh, without losing everything and learning radical humility, uh, for sure I'd be divorced, uh, which probably may have ruined me, but most likely I would have been dead, right? I was on a path of self-sabotage, of self-destruction, uh, ego-based living of arrogance and ignorance. Uh, and without the humility uh, and the lessons that I learned through you know, I, I don't even call them mistakes or struggles or challenges anymore. For, for me, it's just points of understanding. And I think it's important for people to have that perspective that, you know, I'm not one of those people, you know, for sure, that's a why me person, right? Things happen to me. I'm like, why me? Why me? You know, I, and I'm not a person even anymore that thinks that everything happens for me, that, you know, that this struggle, you know, I'm going to make it through anything. You know, I go far beyond that for me. It's like, I am a try me person. I am in the enjoyment of the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of my truth, my potential. And that I know that through my journey, there's going to be tons of things that I don't understand. And my quest, my pursuit is to quickly understand and learn more from those circumstances with no judgments or conditions. There is no struggle. It's just simply how quickly can I understand this piece of the puzzle? And I use that analogy a lot with people, you know, we're doing puzzles and we get a piece and we're like, where the heck this fit in? Why this, there's no way this is part of this beautiful picture. But meanwhile, as the puzzle gets put together and unravels, it fits perfectly in its place and it helps complete a perfect picture. And for me, my bankruptcy uh, helped to really fit in a perfect picture for me, one that shifted the paradigm of value, one that allowed me to understand things at a different level uh, where I now can have mature relationships, intimate relationships, inspired relationships, and most importantly, the ability to impact millions of people in a positive way that will create a legacy for myself that I never dreamed of. Yeah, I see you, um, you know, and I can vouch for you because I've seen you grow and I've been following you on LinkedIn. That's how I actually found you, surprisingly, not on another social media platform. And I, and I love following your advice and all of your videos. So I can only imagine where we'll be this time next year. Um, yeah. Now, you work obviously a lot with, you know, you, you're in the sports arena, the athleticism arena. Now, this is a mental performance podcast, so I wanted to know what your take is on mental performance and where you see it going in the future. Do you see it being as of the same importance as physical, um, you know, physical endurance, or do you see it being even more important? Absolutely more important. And you see, even within the context of football, right, programs going to, you know, no pads in practice, right, that there's much more visualization, you know, as we get to the mind mapping, to the neural pathways, to the neural feedback, uh, to, you know, neural practice, uh, that we have found, uh, you know, a power that has never been unleashed and that if we can save our embodiment from the struggle and the pressure uh, of you know, a lot of wear and tear because most people don't realize in athleticism that recovery 
uh, is more important uh, than the actual practice, right? How quickly we can recover, you know, and that's why, you know, even, you know, performance enhancing drugs, most of them are about recovering quicker. Well, what we'll find through neuroscience and neuro studies is that we're able to not only recover quicker, but also perform better at a higher level to raise our awareness, to raise our vibration, to allow for more consistent behavior. And if you look at sports uh, like golf, for example, there's so many different people that have the capability of shooting a 59. But the reason that Tiger Woods or Jack Nicklaus uh, were so incredibly superior during their best times was their consistency, not their score, right? Mm -hmm. So th they were just more consistent that they didn't have an elevated score in there. And so, you know, that consistency of high performance really allows for the importance as well as the value of neuroscience and neuro practice and neurotherapy and neuro studies, neuro feedback, all the different things that we can do within the mind, it will be exponentially more important than what we do physically. And do you think you can um, speak and have relevance on this in the workplace? Like, because what I see now with organizational psychology, for example, you know, you can go in and teach employees how to be better by using their brain. Yeah, without a doubt. Every, I think we do everything better. Uh, you know, the way that I see my mind and the mindfulness of what I do is to preserve the embodiment which has the mind. So, you know, what happens is we have three different things going on in our mind. Number one, we have data inputs. Uh, so we have a cellular structure, a cellular memory with 10,000 new data inputs a day. And those are what we think, say, and do. Uh, what we think, say, and do then, those 10,000 new data inputs, which is in a cellular memory, goes to the neural pathways that are formed, which create an efficiency, right? These are the things, the 40,000 of the same thoughts that turn into beliefs that can limit us, but also can exponentially allow us to break through. And those neural pathways formulate two different things that most people don't understand. One, which is the unconscious competency of our genetics, uh, the DNA the coding that we have, the unconscious competency of our personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions that can be carried down for lifetimes and generations to us, as well as an energetic uh, unconscious competency that has an actual physical attraction uh, to other energies that are of like kind. And so if we understand the importance of what we think, say, do, all the five senses that input the 10,000 new inputs a day into our neuroscience, into these neural pathways that form, form truly a map, a discipline, a strategy, an awareness, an efficiency, effectiveness, statistical success that create our beliefs that then affect our actual DNA, the activation and deactivation of our genetics, as well as the energetics, I think more people will realize how important it is. And what the aggregate of all that I just said is that we actually have a scientific way now uh, to determine our highest and most important currency, which is faith. Because faith is the aggregate of what we think, say, do, believe, and the unconscious competencies of energy, energy and genetics. And our faith is what we put into things that we want. And if we put faith into what we want, we're going to get more of what we want, including, you know, work, relationships, and athletics. But what if somebody said to you, 
that's great, Dave, but I'm a scientist. I don't believe in faith. I believe in science. Perfect. Then I tell them to start with Nobel physicists like Einstein and Max Planck who live only by science and so live only by the mathematical proof of what we're talking about, of what matter is, what infinity is, what relativity is. So I would tell them to go ahead and put faith into science and study the greatest scientists, the greatest minds that we've had, because all of them, all, all of our greatest scientists and the ones who are the most mathematically inclined all talk about this exact uh, philosophy that I have. In fact, I am the exact same person. I didn't grow up believing, you know, sitting at home high on my mom's couch, trying to manifest what I want, sick and broke. I was a hardworking scientist. I live by a practical being. And I learned a different way, a higher power and a higher source to all the different science that I had that makes complete sense mathematically. And so I studied Carlos Castanetis. I studied Max Planck. I studied Einstein. I studied the extraordinary scientists of our day and previous days who all agree that there is a power in the energy there's a power in relativity, and this is true science that cannot truly be denied. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here. We're combining spirituality and science, which is a first, and I absolutely love that. Now, Dave, out of all of the nuggets of gold that you have been given in your life, what is the one piece of advice that you could give somebody to change their life? Wow. It's pretty easy for me. It's uh, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Um, you know, things aren't, the universe loves simple. It's an exact universe. And if we simply look upon things uh, with kindness uh, and to do and be of service, meaning do good deeds, and that can be as simple as holding a door opening open or smiling at someone or putting a shopping cart back into its place or whatever it is, if you shift your perspective to kindness, uh, everything will turn out fine for you. And that's the best piece of advice that I can give anyone is just simply to be kind, be kind to your future self, do good deeds. Everything will turn out the way you need it to turn out. That's beautiful. Dave, where can we support you? How can we find you? Uh, at David Meltzer on Instagram, uh, David Meltzer on LinkedIn, you know, Facebook is David Meltzer 11, but uh, you can Google me, David Meltzer. You'll find me. Uh, most places. I'd love anyone. I have the playbook. I have the elevator pitch. I have a new book, Game Time Decision Making, coming out July 16th. I appreciate everybody's support. Share my content. I don't really sell anything. So just I'm here to empower others, to empower others. And I certainly appreciate the time. Well, we're going to be there supporting you. Thank you so much, Dave.